Good morning, everyone. This is going to be interesting because Russell and I are preaching the same sermon, but we each wrote it independently. <laughs> It'd be interesting to compare notes during the week and see how close we, how close we got to each other's message. Um, yeah, the book of Leviticus. Um, which is quite early in the in the Old Testament. Leviticus, the book of the law. And uh, and this morning I want to have a look at uh one of the uh feasts that was um that was given by the Lord uh pertinent to us today. Chapter 16 of Leviticus, and I'm not going to read the whole chapter, although the whole chapter is pertinent. I'm just going to read a few excerpts from it. So starting at verse 1 of chapter 16, The Lord spoke to Moses after the death of the two sons of Aaron, who died when they approached the Lord. The Lord said to Moses, Tell your brother Aaron that he is not to come when in front of the atonement cover of the ark or else he will die. For I will appear in the cloud over the atonement cover. This is how Aaron is to enter the most holy place. He must first bring a young bull for a sin offering, a ram for a burnt offering. He is to put on the sacred linen tunic with linen undergarments next to his body. He is to tie the linen sash around him and put on the linen turban. These are sacred gifts them on. And from the Israelite community, he is to take two male goats for a sin offering and a ram for a burnt offering. And Aaron is to offer the bull for his own sin, offering to make atonement for himself and his household. Then he is to take the two goats and present them before the Lord at the entrance of the tent of meeting. He is to cast lots for the two goats, one lot for the Lord and the other for the scapegoat. Aaron shall bring the goat, but the goat chosen by Lot is to be the scapegoat and shall be presented alive before the Lord to be used for making atonement by sending it into the wilderness as a scapegoat. And then I'm going to jump to verse 26. The man who releases the goat as a scapegoat must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water. Afterward he may come into the camp. into the most holy place to make atonement must be taken outside the camp their hides flesh and intestines are to be burned up and the man who burns them must wash his clothes and bathe himself with water and afterward he may come into the camp this is to be a lasting ordinance for you on the tenth day of the seventh month you must deny yourselves and not do any work whether native born or a foreigner residing among you because on this day Atonement will be made, you will be clean from all your sins. It is a day of Sabbath rest, and you must deny yourselves. It is a lasting ordinance. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites, and it was done as the Lord commanded Moses. Let's pray. Lord, 
We thank you that you have given to us your set up uh, ordinances and commands and rules so that your people would get to know your, you more and more, that they would be able to be um, made acceptable to come into your presence and to be able to worship you. And Lord, we pray this morning that as we look at this ancient feast, that we will see its application to our lives and that, Lord, we too will learn and become able to come into your presence more and more, to learn of you and to grow in our faith, because we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. The Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, a most solemn day in the lives of the Israelite people, even today. It occurred once a year, and um, it was a really important day in the religious calendar of the Jewish people. Today, Jews still celebrate the annual Day of Atonement. falls in about September, October each year, and they observe a holy day with a 25-hour period of fasting and intensive prayer. And where they can, they spend most of the day in synagogue. This ritual, this this, um, feast, significance for us today as a ritual, first in the washing and the cleansing of the high priest, the man who released the goat and the man who took the sacrifices out of the camp. And secondly, the requirement of blood to be shed for the covering of the sins of the people. And I want to look at those two things particularly more, imp- more through the, uh, as we go through this morning. Just to cursor to the temple was a tent that God instructed Moses to build very specific tent with a very specific design and part of that design there was a, a, a cube so it was as wide as it was deep as it was high and it was called the most holy place and in that most holy place was the ark of the covenant and the ark of the covenant was a box not much bigger than this top of this lectern covered in gold And sitting on the top of this box was a lid. And on the lid were two cherubim, one on each end, kneeling, facing, so that they were facing the top of the lid. And over the top of that were their wings, overarching till their wings almost touched at the middle of the the, uh, Ark of the Covenant. That lid, or the mercy seat, different... um, Different terminology, but the same concept. That's where the people of God could find mercy. And so the instruction was that once a year, the high priest would come in to that little room, that special room, and he would offer a sacrifice for the... The thing about it was, though that Aaron and all his descendants as priests, before they could come in to offer uh, a sacrifice for the people, he had to come in and offer a sacrifice for himself 
because he also, as a man, was a sinner. And so there was a whole ritual associated with the high priest. He had to wash himself to make himself clean. He had to dress himself in in particular clothing that was only worn that one day a year. Then he had to take a bull and slaughter the bull, collect the blood and take the blood into that holy of holies and sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat on the top of the Ark of the Covenant between the cherubim as a sacrifice, as a covering for his sin. And when he had done that, he was able to come out and to take a sacrifice for sin for the people. And again, a ram was slaughtered, its blood was collected, and a holies and sprinkled the blood and confessed the sins of the people. It sounds really gory, and it was. Blood was central to this um, celebration. Squeamish about all the blood that was poured out. But what it tells us is that, firstly, sin is a um, is a is a horrible thing. It's it's sin leads to death. Sin requires, and in the Old Testament, the sacrifice of a lamb or a bull or a goat meant that an innocent life was given in order that people could live without being destroyed by the wrath of God. The shortcoming exercise that the holy that the high priest went through every year, the shortcoming of that was that the covering of that blood for his sin and the sins of his people only lasted for a year. And the next year he had to do it all again. And in between those annual events in offering down through the centuries I don't know how many hundreds and thousands of innocent animals lost their lives so that people could survive the wrath of God Each day of atonement. But then one day, 
God sent. One who would be able to take care of our sin once for all. John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. A perfect, spotless lamb, a person without sin, a person like us who could identify with us, came and Jesus gave his life. His blood was poured out to appease the wrath of God. Not something that happens every year, but once for all people who accept him as Lord and Saviour. Christ's sacrifice was sufficient for all the sins of all the people who would ever believe in him. In Hebrews we read, Such a high priest truly meets our need, one who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens, Unlike the other high priests, he does not first for his own sins and then for the sins of the people. He sacrificed for their sins once for all when he offered himself. When Jesus hung on the cross, he cried out, It is finished. Our salvation was made complete. And then he sat down at the right hand of God. No other sacrifice is needed. There is no other way we can come into the presence of God except through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the high priest. But there was another important part to this Day of Atonement. And that important part was they were required to take two goats and Aaron was required to, would be for the Lord, and which goat would be, <coughs> excuse me, to take away the sins of the people. So one of the goats was sacrificed. And before it was sacrificed, Aaron laid his hands on the head of the goat and he confessed all the shortcomings, all the sins, all the rebellions and grumblings of the people that he could scorn. And then that goat was slaughtered, its blood was collected, taken into the Holy of Holies and sprinkled on the mercy seat. That blood covered the sins of the people for another year. When God looked down, and it's a lovely illustration, when God looked down onto the mercy seat, underneath that lid were the two stone tablets of the law that God had given to Moses, the law by which the people had to live the law which they broke continuously because they were sinners. When God looked down at his law, he had to look through the 
people. I want to be very careful in the words I choose here. The blood that was sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant, on the mercy seat, covered the sins. It didn't remove them. The second goat, the sins were confessed over. There was a man in the congregation given the specific task to lead that goat out into the wilderness, somewhere long way away where it was never going to come back. And the symbolism of that was that it took the sins of the people far away, never to return. And we see that when Christ came and shed his blood for our sins, but because he was the perfect man, he didn't cover our sins. He appeased God for our sins. So our sins are dealt with and they are removed God says, as far as the east is from the west, so that's how far your sin is removed. Never to be We can now come into the presence of God. That room in in the original tent, and again when they built the temple, the the holy of holies had a curtain so that everything inside was hidden and nobody was able, apart from the priest, high priest once a year, nobody was able to go into that room. That's where God's presence was. And there was a barrier between man and God. When Jesus died on the cross, when Jesus gave his life on the cross, that curtain was torn from top to bottom signifying that those who were covered by the blood of Christ, those whose sins were, were atoned for, were um, dealt with completely once and for all, now had access down through the centuries. Countless animals have lost their life in order that mankind might survive the wrath of God. This is the blood of the covenant which God has commanded you to keep. In the same way he sprinkled with the blood both the tabernacle and everything used in its ceremonies. In fact, the law requires that nearly everything be cleansed with blood and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness. And Jesus came and gave his life, shed his blood, so that we could have forgiveness, not only just for a year, but for eternity. Because Jesus was fully a man, our perfect sacrifice. Folks, sin is a a horrible thing. It's, a, it's destructive. It leads to death. And yet so often we treat our shortcomings, our 
rebellions, our, our failures, we treat them so blasé. But our sin went to the cross so that our sin could be dealt with. He shed his blood for us. I want to take just a moment or two and let us just think about our life. Confess our sin. Not to be morbid, down, but to get a right understanding of just how great and how wonderful Christ's death on the cross really is for us. Let's just take a moment and meditate on that. This morning we're going to share in communion. As a memorial of what Christ has done for us, he chose the bread to represent his broken body and the wine to represent his poured out blood and commanded us to share in these elements to remind ourselves that we are partakers of his death and all that it has accomplished for us. To remind us that we are now clean and free from the wrath of God.